Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. An Erio's original. Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite mysteries. Each week we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. I'm Allie Siegel. I'm Melissa Stettin. And who are our patrons this week? We have Taylor B., Kristen, Chris, and Eileen. Come on, Eileen. Um, welcome, guys. Well, we won't sing everyone's name, but welcome. <laughs> and come on, Eileen. So we did an episode with the lovely Cassidy Ruth about the unknown woman behind FDR's New Deal. That will be coming out that episode <laughs> next week because Later. we're going to re-record it because I'm an idiot and I deleted. The no, files. we're both idiots. We deleted it by accident. The files <laughs> were deleted. But. Uh, and I well, I won't get into uh, the episode, but I thought it was so interesting that there's women in history who are responsible for such huge things mm-hmm. that we take for granted every day or that we think other people did. Mm-hmm. And it was really a woman who did it. And I thought there's got to be so many other women who have done incredible things that have just been lost in history. So in that vein, we're going to do an episode on 
black inventors and groundbreakers, mostly women, who you may not have heard of, but are integral to the development of America and many of the tools that we use every single day. And also in honor of Black History Month, we will be donating a portion of this month's Patreon to Black Girls Code. So let's Let's get get into into it. it. So first, we have Bridget Biddy Mason, known as the grandmother of L.A., incredibly interesting story. She went, she was known as Biddy Mason. So I'll refer to her as Biddy through this. She went from being a slave to the wealthiest woman in Los Angeles. I thought that was Kim Kardashian. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Kim Kim Kardashian is who we know. We should be knowing Biddy Mason. Um, She was born enslaved. Mason became one of the first prominent citizens and landowners in the 1850s and 1860s. She was born into slavery in 1818 in Hancock County, Georgia. And a lot of this information, by the way, is from the Biddy Mason Collaborative, which is an incredible website that chronicles the life of Biddy Mason. So... At an early age, Biddy was separated from her family, which, of course, horribly happened to many slaves at the time, and she was sold to another slave owner. Um, Roughly one million African Americans shared this same fate. Through forced labor, Biddy helped transform Mississippi into the heartland of America's cotton kingdom. In the early 1840s, Biddy was a slave in the household of Robert M. Smith in Mississippi. During her years in Mississippi, Biddy gave birth to three daughters. And unfortunately, and this is not uncommon, Mm -hmm. it's guessed that Robert Smith was the father for at least one of these daughters. And it is not uncommon that female slaves were the victim of rape from their slave owners. Mm -hmm. So next, Robert Smith moved Biddy to Utah, Biddy and her children. Robert Smith was a, a Mormon in the LDS community. Oh. Yeah. So they lived in Utah for a while. And then in 1851... Smith moved Biddy and her children and the other slaves to California to be part of a new LDS colony in San Bernardino. Is there a big Mormon community in San Bernardino currently? I wonder. I I don't know. It says uh, huh. Governor Brigham Young authorized the Mormon settlement there in oh, order yeah, to Brigham extend Young his church. University. University. Yeah. Utah, so yeah. I guess... They must have created a new settlement there. I don't know if it's prominent still. However, here's a loophole. Slavery had been made illegal in California in 1850. So it was illegal for Smith to bring his slaves into California territory. So Biddy and her children and the other slaves were essentially held hostage in California for four years. Because... There was no slavery in California, but they were still enslaved to Smith. Biddy and her children did not know that slavery was illegal until, because they had no way of knowing, until a free black man 
who ran a grocery store, told Biddy and her children, like, there's slavery is illegal here. And together they helped tell the local police force. And a trial ensued. However, it was against the law for a black person to testify against a white person in court. So she would not be allowed to share her story. Crazy. However, Smith did not show up in court for the trial to tell his side. So the judge, this guy, Judge Hayes, did something that was uncommon for the time. He called Biddy back into his office and he said, listen, if you want to stay with Smith, you can and you can go to another state with him. But your children have to stay in California um, because we we can't, you know, let them go. You know, we can't force them to go right. anywhere. Um, so Biddy said, no, I'm going to stay. I, I'm going to be free and I'm going to stay in yeah. California with my children. So they were freed. Uh, she became a doctor's assistant and started a business as a midwife. Whoa. Because during her time, uh, she was always like a healer in the community and was always helping people and like helping, you know, other women give birth, etc. Uh, she saved her earnings from being a doctor's assistant and a midwife and started to buy property in Los Angeles. And eventually became one of the richest people in Los Angeles. Whoa. Yeah. She founded the African American Episcopal Church, which is still one of the largest churches in Los Angeles today. It's amazing. Yeah. She accumulated at the time $300,000, which would be in between eight to $10 million today. Damn. So that's how much she had um, at the time. And if you think about it, like there is probably. Not many people who would be, you know, doctor's assistants or midwives for the black community. Mm -hmm. So she was servicing all these communities. Um, And she also used her money for charitable deeds. Like she opened the first elementary school in Los Angeles for black children. Wow. She would go to jails and ask the incarcerated how they could be rehabilitated once they were out. She uh, set up local funds at grocery shops for people who could not afford their own groceries. And she opened a care home for the destitute. Unfortunately, when she died, despite all of this, she was buried in an unmarked grave in Boyle Heights at Evergreen's uh, Cemetery. And only because I believe she passed away in 1891. Only a hundred years later were her contributions recognized. And in 1988, a tombstone was finally created over her grave. Wow. So not until 1988 was she actually like recognized. And November 16th, 1989 was named Biddy Mason Day. And there is also a Biddy Mason Memorial Park in Los Angeles in her honor. That's crazy. That I've never heard, because I don't know if you guys know, but I'm a Black History Quiz Bowl champion, uh, fourth, fifth, from, and sixth from grade. what? In elementary oh, wow. school. <laughs> Have I never That's sent incredible. you these videos of me on... No, but I need them. We're on, like, public access. What? I posted them, maybe I, I posted like them, to... like, years ago, but I'll post them on our Instagram, but in fourth and sixth grade... You need to post our... them on the Patreon. <laughs> our school... I was on the championship Black History Quiz Bowl team three years in a row because we knew 
oh my so God. much about black history. Yeah, I'm sure you did. We won medals. That's crazy, Melissa. But I've, but I've never, I don't think I've heard about Biddy Mason. That's crazy. No. Well, even growing up in Los Angeles, I hadn't heard of her. One of the largest yeah. property owners at the time became, you know, rich from having property, like leasing it out. Um, yeah. I mean, she was essentially like, the first, the first and only good landlord, and um, <laughs> yeah, <I'll say. laughs> the, the only uh, <laughs> not all landlords, uh, the first and only good landlord, and like midwife, and um, what a great, lady. incredible story, yeah, yeah, amazing, and like to be such a philanthropist, um, it's a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Um, next we have Doctor Shirley Jackson, who I have heard of. Yes, I have heard of her as well. <laughs> Um, she is the first black woman to have received a doctorate at MIT. She is the second black woman in the United States to earn a doctorate in physics. Amazing. Yeah. And she had discoveries that led to the invention of the fax machine, touch tone phones, solar cells, fiber optic cables, Caller ID. Oh, thank God. And call waiting. I know, right? And call waiting. (laughs) Amazing. Crazy. And if you think like fax machine, I'm sure that whatever it was that she discovered also helped with like compute. I mean, yeah. With, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's the same. I mean, I don't know anything about technology. I'm sure it's the same technology. Um, it's exactly the same. Computers, fax machines. Fax machines. It's, it's all the same, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so she said of her time at MIT via Forbes, I was one of just two African-American women in my class, and the other students were sometimes quite unfriendly. When I was thinking of majoring in physics and sought the advice of a distinguished professor, his response was, colored girls should learn a trade. I was taken aback and hurt that this professor thought so little of my prospects, especially since I had the highest grades in the class. But I knew that in life, there are both chances and choices. Chance made me an African-American female, a heritage I proudly embrace. I also saw that I had a choice. I could give in to ignorance or persevere and pursue excellence. I chose the latter and made physics my trade. Amazing. Yeah, incredible. Then there is Alice H. Parker, who invented heaters. Oh, thank thank heavens. (laughs) Yes. So there are already heating systems, obviously. You know, you would firewood, you, <laughs> you know, know fire. light it on fire, whatever, <laughs> et cetera. You know, the fire thing, and then there'd be firewood and whatever. Um, but she uh, patented central heating using natural gas. Oh. Central heating that we have in our houses today was invented by Alice H. Parker, in 1919 was when she filed the patent for her heating system invention. Wow. And obviously it's been improved upon and changed a little bit mm-hmm. since. But she says it was because um, she lives in New Jersey. 
The fireplace was not affected, effective enough to warm her home. She did not want to have to go outside in the snow and chop or buy wood. You and me both. Um, <laughs> and there was uh, a lot of risk of house fires. Oh, and yeah. so she wanted to, she needed an alternative. So she made it. Wow. Incredible. Another woman who had filed a patent, uh, she was the first black woman to file a patent, is Sarah Good for a folding cabinet bed. No way. So I think like a Murphy bed. Yeah. So I think she she filed a patent for the first folding cabinet bed. Now, something we're all grateful for, Marie Van Britten Brown invented home security systems. Oh, yes. She invented home security systems and CCTV. She provided the framework for two-way communication and surveillance for modern security. And it's because she was working late hours as a nurse and was worried about personal security. And she was like, I need a fix for this. So she invented the two-way security. And then finally, for my list, I have Valerie Thomas. And she's incredible. She was born February 8th, 1943. She's a scientist and inventor. She invented what's called the illusion transmitter, which she got a patent for in 1980. And this was later used to make 3D movies like Avatar. Whoa. Yes. She was responsible for developing um, image processing systems that were used for NASA. She worked for NASA. She was part of projects for Halley's Comet. Whoa. Ozone research satellite technology, and she uh, participated in um, projects related to the Voyager spacecraft. So every time you watch a 3D movie or you look up into space, think about Valerie Thomas. (laughs) And James Cameron. And James Cameron. (laughs) Let's take a quick break for announcements. Webcrawlers has a Patreon to get access to bonus episodes, shoutouts, merchandise discounts. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. Huge news. Ooh. I got the email of uh, the world's most famous rumpologist. (laughs) And the world's only rumpologist, she says. Uh, She's this British lady. Rumpology, for those who don't know, is when you... um, read some it's like palm palm reading except you for your butt yeah but you read someone's butt um so (laughs) we're gonna do a patreon episode with her and then we'll probably do a little snippet for our main feed and i'm gonna ask her if she'll read my butt i don't know if i can like send her a picture (laughs) or like show her my oh yeah yeah but so if you're a patron you'll get to see our interview with uh the world's most famous rumpologist (laughs) rumpologist to the stars she calls herself um Anyways, you can donate as little as $2 a month to become a patron. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, we will shout you out. And guys, Erios has a hotline. Insert jingle here. 626-604-6262. Erios. We're, we're caught up on voicemails because uh, we didn't uh, take calls while Melissa was having a baby. So call, 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 now. call, call, and your first call is free. Um, so please call for our mailbag episodes. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. To find out if it's right for you. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Now. Back to our program. Uh, Melissa, you had some incredible findings as well, right? There was this amazing Twitter thread a while ago from at all that jazz that was like, it just goes on and on and on about all the things that black people created. And it was amazing. I mean, we all know that house music was created by black men, but it was created by three black gay men who created house music. Oh, It was Ron Hardy, uh, along with Frankie Knuckles a.k.a. the godfather of house music. I like that, Frankie Knuckles. This is like all music that I listened to when I would go to raves in Chicago. It's like Chicago house music that's like... Oh, boy. Sort of disco-y, very like groovy and disco-y. But Frankie Knuckles, oh, groovy. he won a Grammy in 1997. And Larry LaVon, he pioneered house music in New York in the 70s and 80s. Like, they laid the foundation for all, like, sampling, remixes, EDM, dance That's music. That's incredible. Yeah. And then this guy, Paul Johnson, who was, like, my favorite DJ. I would see him. I saw him all the time in Chicago. He started to DJ in 1984 when he was 13. He's in a wheelchair. He's, like, a w- double amputee. What? So when you'd see him on stage, he's in How a wheelchair. How does he DJ? He's, he, has, he has arms. His hands. That's incredible. But he started uh, the label Dust Tracks. I don't know. Have you heard this song? 
down, down, down to down, get, get down, down, down to down. Can you play it? Down, 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 down. I will play it. But it was like one of my favorite dance songs. Sometimes the songs you're thinking of sound nothing like the way they You've got to bus it. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to bus it. Bus it. Ah, fucking ads. Ads for getting ads for Pampers. They know. Oh, yeah. They know. And Applebee's. Got an Applebee's ad on here. I just blew my nose and my lipstick somehow went all over my face. (laughs) You know this one. (laughs) I don't think I know it, but I like it. Yeah, you into this? Bust it. You got to bust it. You got to, you got to, you got to bust it. Bust it real good. Anyway, that's Paul Johnson. I like it. I like it. <laughs> he's a he's a cool dude. Um, but yeah, he they started dance music. Oh, the first the first uh, drag queen was a black man Ooh. named William Dorsey Swan, who was uh, born into slavery, freed in 1863 after the Emancipation Proclamation went into effect. Uh, he was the first person who dubbed themselves a quote-unquote queen of drag. I love that. And he hosted, this is in the 1800s, he hosted secret drag balls in D.C. during the late 1800s. Oh my gosh. Yeah, most of the attendees were swans, of, of swans gatherings were men who were formerly enslaved. Uh, they were gathering to dance in their satin and silk dresses. That's incredible. And uh, he was, yeah, he was arrested in police raids like numerous times, uh, including oh. the first documented case of arrests for female impersonation in the United States, because apparently that was illegal. Oh, how interesting. In uh, 1888, and then... In 1896, he was falsely convicted and sentenced to 10 months in jail for, quote-unquote, keeping a disorderly house, a.k.a. (laughs) running a brothel. After sentencing, he requested a pardon from President Grover Cleveland, and it was denied. Uh, But he was the first American on record who pursued legal and political action to defend the LGBTQ community's right to gather. That's incredible. And the also the first American to lead a queer resistance group. It was back in the 1800s. I had no wow. idea drag queens were no. a thing back then. That's amazing. No, that's amazing. Um, oh, and then, <laughs> you know, airbrush t-shirts? Those, like, incredible... Boy, do I. Boy, do I. Yeah, I've been to a bar mitzvah before. Hell yeah. <laughs> I've been to Disneyland. Uh, t-shirt design was pioneered by black men. It was the Trio Shirt Kings. Oh. Which included Fade, Kashim, and Nike. I think it was as not like Nike, but it was like the name. Right. 
Uh, one of the most influential hip hop designer groups. They pioneered air- airbrush tees and created tees for Jay Z, Rakim, Biz Marquis, oh and LL Cool J. Wow. Pretty cool. And the first electric roller coaster was invented by Granville Woods. He also patented over 50 electronic devices and was considered an electrical genius during his career. So we have black people to thank for airbrush t-shirts and roller coasters. So they basically invented Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, my God. Uh, and then this is cool. The new uh, video game console, Gerald Jerry Lawson is known for inventing the first video game system with interchangeable cartridges. His system was called the Fairchild Channel F Gaming System, which paved the way for, like, you know, obviously Atari, Nintendo, and PlayStation, and Xbox. Right. The Fairchild That's Channel insane. F Gaming System. Let me take a goob. What is this look I bet, like? I, bet, I feel like Maria would know about that. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's the most 80s looking thing I've ever seen. It looks like an answering machine. I wonder if any of these still exist. Oh, my God. That's cool. Whoa. It looks like a it's like a fax machine tape recorder hybrid. Yeah, I don't I don't I can't even really I don't even know. That's cool. I wonder like what games even fit in it. Uh, You know, Last of Us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tekken. Tekken 2. Um, George Crumb, he was a chef and restaurateur. He is said to have unintentionally created the potato chip during the summer of 1853. They were made in response to a customer who sent back their fried potatoes after complaining they were too thick. What an amazing accident. And the chips were an instant hit. Uh, He never patented the creations, but, you know... Fuck. Chips are one of the world's best snacks. He would have been so rich. Can you patent a food? I don't know. No. Let's see. It's like, can you patent scrambled eggs? <laughs> like, is yeah, that a thing? Let's see. I don't know. You Well, I mean, it looks like... I mean, you could patent like Lay's or like Pringles or whatever, but... Well, that's the name, though. It looks like you could have you if if it was truly the first potato chip, (laughs) he could have patented it. It says the key to securing a utility patent for food and food related innovations is that your proposed process, method or recipe must be novel and non obvious. So if there truly was like nothing similar to a potato chip, he could have patented it. You patent your <laughs> your meatball. Alley special sauce. Yeah, I could have patented my meatloaf, my hello fresh meatloaf. Oozing There's nothing oozing like it. meatloaf. Yeah, there's it's not obvious and there is no method like it. <laughs> yes, Alley special like meatloaf. I'd like to her to be like, here, <laughs> no, it's yeah, all yours. Sure. <laughs> Allie's special meatloaf. <sighs> wow, that's pretty cool. Um, and then there's Mary Beatrice Davidson Kenner filing the most patents of any African-American woman, most notably the sanitary belt, oh. which was the, uh, you know, the uh, pads. period pads. Yeah, uh, it was 1957. You know what's God, crazy? It's like, late. what did women do before? Did they just 
bleed, Free bleed? in their underwear and they're like just got to change your underwear all the time i guess what did old timey do people do <laughs> what did old timey people do in their period their period <laughs> i guess they would probably just uh, use like reusable cloth pads and stuff okay this is gross it oh, says no. Menstruating women in the medieval m- medieval era made tampons by wrapping wool or cotton around wooden twigs. Oh, I mean, that's pretty innovative. Or they would put moss in their underwear to absorb the blood. Oh, that's not a bad idea. I guess if you're like stuck in the woods, that's a good tip to know. <laughs> oh, I'm Man, not going to stick be a, a so gross putting a stick up your vagina and really? bleeding. Yeah, that's yeah. You like it. Well, that's that's good. Likes it. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. That's nasty. Yeah. Um, and then the last person I have on my list is Lonnie Johnson, who's the engineer. He developed a mega water gun. In his oh. free time while working at NASA's Jet Propulsion like Laboratory, soaker? yeah. Oh, and it was what it was uh, dubbed the Super Soaker. Yes, I had one of those. Hit shelves in 1990, and then in 2017, Forbes reported that it had earned over one billion in retail sales. Holy! Toledo. Using your brain for good to make Super Soakers, <laughs> like NASA, whatever. Yeah, seriously. Well, that's where the money is, the super soaker. Yeah. We got to invent we got to invent something. Yeah, what do we invent? Um well, guys, uh thank you so much for listening. We will donate a portion of our Patreon money to Black Girls Code. If you know anyone else who we should focus on during this month or ever, especially ever, yeah. uh, please, Melissa, where can people reach us? You can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. All right. Well, I am Allie Siegel. I am Melissa Stettin. Bye. Bye. An Erio's original. Powered by ACAST. 
Tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.